Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. everybody. Welcome back to the Bad Broadcast. My name is Maddie. I am your host. And whether you like it or not, I'm also your best friend. Um, I think I have broken my own personal record for how many times I have started an episode and then had to go back and restart because I like cannot get words out of my mouth. My brain is short-circuiting I have a lot of anxious energy because as I'm sitting here recording, my live event is tomorrow. By the time the episode comes out, it will have already happened. But I'm like preparing for it and I'm nervous because like I've never done a live event and I hope it goes well. But this episode is kind of a follow-up to the live event because for the event, I was partnered with The Period Project. So we did a whole big segment about bad period stories. I'm saying had like it's in the past, even though for me, it hasn't happened yet. So this week on the podcast, we're just going to keep the ball rolling and talk about bad vagina stories. This is a whole a whole mix. Some period stories, gynecologist appointments, all of that. Um, all of the words that make us just feel a little bit weird will probably be used a lot. You know, like labia, discharge, all of that. Uh, but before we get into the vaginas, <laughs> I want to open up with uh, some Maddie thoughts that I want to share with you guys. If you didn't listen to the episode a couple of weeks ago, I had a segment called Maddie Thoughts, where, which were my own just random thoughts that I wanted to bring to your guys' attention. And then I had a whole influx of submissions from you guys, and I decided to do an episode of those, which I'm, I called Broad Thoughts because you guys are my, my, my baby broads. And so here are some of my Maddie Thoughts that I had this week. Disclaimer, these have nothing to do with the episode. These have nothing to do with anything, really. They're just things that I would like to discuss because they either made me mad or I just need to let off some steam. So the first thing I want to talk about is earwax because earwax is without a doubt the most unfair bodily secretion. Every other fluid that comes out of your body, you can get it out yourself. You know, a zit, a poop, those things come out on their own. Earwax is just stuck there. It's in the tiniest canal in our body and it's sticky. And the thing that we were taught cleans them out is actually the worst thing you can put in your ear. Why am I raging about this? Because I had to go to the ear doctor this week. Shout out to Hannah. She said she listens to the podcast and uh, she was my doctor, maybe my nurse. I don't know. She had scrubs on and she looked in my ear. So I now trust her with my life. 
She told me there's blood on my eardrum. It's fine. I'm probably dying. But I really just wanted to um, express how stupid I think earwax is and that I think that there should be a better way to clean your ears. And that should not involve going to a doctor to have a medical grade earwax removal system shoved in your head. Uh, Next thing that I was thinking about is driving a motorhome. Because this is why I was thinking about this, because I saw this commercial for a luxury motorhome. It had like three bedrooms, three king beds, a kitchen, like a, a dining area, a fridge, had like a racquetball court probably. But uh, think about the person who has to drive that motorhome because they're driving the most luxurious vehicle in the world, but their job is essentially driving a bus. Like I feel like if a motorhome is that fancy, there should be a fancier way to drive it. Like it would suck if your family rented a motorhome and you're like, oh my gosh, we all get to enjoy the motorhome, except whoever drives it is essentially just a Greyhound bus driver. Do you get what I'm saying? Like they don't even get, there's not even an upgrade in the driving experience. It just feels unfair. Next thing I thought about, you know how people say you can tell a lot about a person by how they take their steak? I think a better observation we can make about people is how they eat their eggs. Because people who are ordering over hard eggs. What's going on there? What's going on there? Like, like, why can't you get scrambled? Like, there's no need for you to order a fried egg if you want it all rock hard. Like, the point of a fried egg is that you have a runny yolk. Don't come at me. I am correct about this. <laughs> like, an over hard egg feels like prison food, you know? Okay, and the last thing that I thought about this week um, is the fact that Steve Jobs has a daughter. Guess what her name is? Eve Jobs. Steve Jobs named his daughter Eve Jobs. Like, that's like me having a daughter and naming her Addie Murphy. Like, it would just be easier to just name her like Steve or Stevie. Like, if you want her name to sound exactly like yours, why just name her the last three letters of your name? Like, it's weird. I know Steve Jobs is dead. Uh, that actually might be news to a lot of you because every time I talk about the fact that Steve Jobs died, I get many, many messages about how they are shocked to learn that Steve Jobs died. Uh, but yes, he did. He died like 10 years ago too. Like it was not recent. <laughs> so those are a few Maddie thoughts just to noodle on. You know, if you guys have any feedback about any of these, I would love to hear about it. But now that we're done with that intro that had actually nothing to do with anything that we're talking about, it's time to get in to the vagina stories. And um, if you're not into this, if you don't want to hear like medical words for your private areas, uh, we'll catch you next week because I'm going to talk about this a lot today. I just feel like we need to talk about these things more. I know a lot of people feel that way, but I feel like we should talk about them in like a normal way. People either don't talk about vaginas and periods or they talk about them like way too often with like way too much enthusiasm. Like tampon commercials are just like way too enthusiastic for me. Like I just want to be like, here's a good tampon for you to use. The period is a normal part of life. Here's a good one. Like why are they always about like hiking and swimming and doing like doing tennis? I was going to say doing tennis. I obviously participate in lots of sports ball, but like can't this just be like a normal thing that we do? I don't know. People just make vagina talk so weird. They make it so weird. And as a vagina owner myself, I know a lot of weird stuff is going on down there, okay? I've done a lot of embarrassing Google searches. I've had a lot of friends and my husband, you know, have to take a take a gander to see what's going on. Like, it's a confusing territory of our body. So I feel like the more we talk about it, the less weird it is. So yeah, so that's what we're doing here. And I hope that you'll stick around and listen because if this makes you uncomfortable, it's probably a sign that you should keep listening. 
because normal body parts should probably not freak you out as much as they do. So with that said, let the coochie conference begin. She says, this one's not too bad, but in middle school, in middle school, my best friend started her period for the first time. I went to the bathroom with her and to my surprise, she would just rinse her pads in the sink and reuse them. She didn't know that they needed to be changed every time. I had an extra pad with me and, it, and I gave it to her. It was funny, but also sad that she didn't know how to handle something that is so natural. Kicking it off on a bang here because this is what happens when we don't talk about pads or tampons or periods or vaginas. Because think about the sensation. Think about rinsing a pad underwater. Have you ever like ex- experimented with how much water those things can hold? I mean, they're industrial. Like they are, they are no joke. So think about rinsing that out, soaking it in water, putting it in your underwear, and then sitting in that soggy, squishy mess. That is, it is so upsetting to think about. Have you guys seen that TikTok trend going around where women ask their like boyfriends or, or husbands if they know how a pad works? I would say 99% of men think that you peel off the sticky part and you put it directly on your labia. Like nobody, none of them were ever taught that it actually goes on your underwear. Like if you want to talk about people who are undereducated about vaginas, it's not women, it's men. Because abstinence only education basically teaches you to just pretend that nobody has any sexual organs. (laughs) And then they don't learn and then they get married or they date a girl and they're like, hmm, that's new information that I should probably have had about 15 years ago. And this next story is a perfect perfect demonstration of that. She says, so when my husband and I were dating, I was like, Hey, I need to go to the bathroom. I was on my period. And I asked him if he had ever seen what a tampon looks like. He said, no. So I took it out of the wrapper and showed him all of the mechanics of it. This part is the outside applicator. This is the stick that pushes the cotton up. Then I pushed the cotton part up a little bit just to show him how it worked. He stared at it for a minute, very thoughtfully, like he was trying to put the pieces together in his mind. Then he asked completely seriously. So is that the part that catches the egg? Um, excuse me. I am not a chicken. I do not lay eggs. Needless to say, I laughed about it without ceasing. I finally caught my breath and explained to him how periods work. (laughs) He was mortified when he found out the truth behind them. I'm very sad to say yet another child was failed by school sex ed. This is not the first time I've heard of a guy asking this. Uh, I have also been asked this same question like multiple times in my life. Like as an adult, like not as a kid in sex ed, which was, by the way, not helpful. Um, Like as an adult, I've had guy friends be like, okay, so like, what does the egg look like? Like a lot of men are very certain that it is visible to the naked eye. Like I get it. They just heard the word egg and they're like, oh yeah, they lay eggs. But if there's any men out there listening, you can't see it. You can't see it. Another shocking part of periods is that it's like not red blood. Like, you know how shocking that was for the first time as a kid? Like, and I say a kid because most of us were like 11 and 12 when we started our periods and you learn about it in maturation and you're like, oh yeah, like y'all bleed. Okay. Okay. You got to kind of get used to the idea. Nobody tells you that you will actually birth a small alien every time you have your period. Like they tell you it was red inaccurate. Like, I guess it's on the red spectrum, but, uh, it is primarily brown. I think that, let's see, I'm actually going to skip to this next story because that has a lot to do with the color of your period. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Listen, guys, it's winter, it's dark, it's dreary, it's 
therapy time. And BetterHelp is here to give you easy access to therapy. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can connect in a safe and private online environment and you can start communicating in under 48 hours, which I don't know if any of you guys have tried to get into therapy lately. It's a lot longer of a wait than 48 hours. You'll always get timely and thoughtful responses and you can send a message to your counselor anytime and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's way more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. This service is available for clients worldwide. So you can find the expertise that you need and you don't have to limit yourself to the counselors the counselors just located near you. Also, anything you share is completely confidential. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So I want you to start living your happiest, hottest life today. As a listener of The Bad Broadcast, you'll get 10% off of your first month when you visit our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash bad. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bad. Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, me and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter with plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way. We launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there. Okay, so she begins. I was in the fifth grade and spring break had just begun. Before this point, I had never gotten my period. Growing up, I always thought the periods were bright red and had a runny blood consistency. Pause here. I actually thought that we peed blood. That's what I thought that periods were. Like I thought you literally sat on a toilet and you have pee come out of you, but it is just blood. That's what I thought it was. Uh, Anyway, so when I kept seeing brown spots in my underwear, every time I went to the bathroom, I would just change them and throw the dirty ones in the hamper. I did that thinking no one would notice. A few days later, I hear my dad ask, hey, so what's up with you shitting your pants? (laughs) And I was like, I'm not. And as time went on a few hours later, there it was, the blood. I had started my period for the first time. And for the first three days, I had no idea what was going on. And my father thought I was just pooping my pants. I'm telling you, man. I mean, I probably would have thought this exact same thing had my first period gone this way. Like, I probably just would have been like, yeah, I just didn't wipe it good enough. Like, that's all that's going on. Because the reality is, is that nobody tells you how traumatic it is to start your period. There's no way that I would have talked to an adult in my life about it. I would have, like, if I could have kept it hidden for my entire life, I probably would have. All right, next. She says, I tried to sugar wax my own vag at home. I know what you're thinking. What a stupid idea. That is what I was thinking. But then I remembered that I am the person who cut her wedding dress in half Uh, three days before her wedding. So it's honestly not the stupidest thing any of us have ever done. I heated it up, smeared it on my hairy little bush and absolutely, (laughs) she actually wrote scolded, but I think she meant scalded because scalded would be to burn. Uh, Scolded would be like to yell at. Um, And I don't think she just got in a screaming match with her vulva, but maybe. 
Uh, Keep in mind, this is liquid sugar. That shit stuck in my hair and would not come off. So I'm just burning and I can't get it off. So I start screaming and run into my shower to try and wash it off. Had to go to the urgent care where guess who my doctor was? My roommate's ex-boyfriend. Nothing like getting diagnosed with a third degree coochie burn by your friend's ex-boyfriend. Honestly, probably worse for him than it was for me. (laughs) I really, really wish that I could sit here and tell you guys that I have never tried to give myself a Brazilian wax at home, Uh, but that would be a lie because I absolutely have tried to do that. Uh, When I was in aesthetic school, the first day I got my wax kit, you bet I was on my bathroom floor with hard wax. Like, Hard wax. I The difference between hard wax and soft wax, by the way. Soft wax, you put on and then you put like a fabric strip over it and then you rip the strip off. Hard wax, you just put the wax straight on and then the wax gets hard and then you pull that off directly. And I thought, I'll just do hard wax because then I like can't back out. Like once it's on and it hardens, like you have to rip it off. Like you're not getting that out. And uh, boy, was that the truth. Boy, was that the truth. Uh, it did not come out. I put it on there. I was married at the time. And so I couldn't get it off. And I had to have Matt come in and try and help me. He couldn't get it off. Well, I wouldn't let him get it off because it hurt too bad. I just sat there for probably, I would say two hours. I left it on until finally I just had to go in and just rip it off. It's so unnatural to cause yourself that much pain. Listen, I don't get to use, I literally never use my aesthetics license. Okay. Like I do nothing with it. The only thing I use it for is to buy hair product because The salon supply store also takes aesthetics licenses. (laughs) That's the only thing I use it for. But let me share with you my aesthetics knowledge right here. Please don't wax yourself at home. Unless you like have done it and you like it, whatever, more power to you. But like if you've never done it before, just don't try. Just don't try. I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you from that DIY project. Okay, let's let's keep the ball rolling. She says, one of the first times I was at the gynecologist, she had some instrument all the way up my uterus. And then she goes, wow, you have a lot of gas in your intestines. Are you holding in a fart? First of all, you're in just the most vulnerable position you could ever imagine. I was not prepared for that. I was not prepared for the emotional toll that the gynecologist would take on me. Like, I thought it was just going to be normal. You know, you go in, they take a look. No, they, like, you kind of feel like a cow. Like, you know, a cow, like, hooked up to one of those machines that, like, milks them. That's so inhumane. That's kind of what you feel like going to the gynecologist. Like, why have they not updated the speculum? Why does it still look like a medieval torture device? It makes absolutely no sense to me. So to have your gynecologist make any comment at all, um, especially about your gas, not super comforting. Also, at any given moment, I could I could say that sentence to myself. Are you holding in a fart? Yes, 100% of the time. This next story also has to do with a doctor making an inappropriate comment. Buckle up for this one because I have three words for this and it's straight to jail. My sister is a physician's assistant. And while she was a student on her OBGYN rotation, she worked with an older male doctor who would sing ooey gooey yucky when he stuck his lubed up fingers into his patient's vaginas during the exam. I'm telling you right now, all jokes aside, if I had a doctor lube up his fingers, stick his hand inside of me and then say the words ooey gooey yucky, I would write to my local legislature, get a bill made, turn it into a law just so I could press charges against him. It does feel slightly illegal uh, to go to a male gynecologist. Here's the thing. I get feedback about this every time. My personal preference, I would never go to a male gyno. If you do or you would or your husband is one and you love it and he loves it and it's working out for everybody, 
have at it. Like, like I'm not here to judge your decisions, but that means you can't judge mine. And my decision is I never want to go to a male gynecologist. I don't even want to go to a male grocery clerk. Like I want women to run my life at every given moment. Um, and I think that this story perfectly executes why I would never want a male gynecologist because it actually came into this dude's brain to say the words ooey gooey yucky when he was feeling around in a vagina jail. This episode is sponsored by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well so easy. They have plans to fit every single lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of their plastic packaging in every box and 100% of their carbon footprint and emissions. It's also so incredibly easy because they deliver fresh produce, premium proteins, and organic ingredients that you can trust. They offer 35 nutritious and flavorful options to choose from every week. And I swear to you, I am not making this up. Matt is downstairs (laughs) cooking Green Chef as we speak. I ordered the vegan boxes because he's vegan. I'm not, but I do enjoy some vegan food. So he's down there cooking it right now, and I cannot wait to go eat dinner. Green Chef makes cooking so easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Everything is pre-measured, pre-portioned, so you don't have to go to the store, buy things you don't need, and then create a bunch of waste. Green Chef is America's number one meal kit for eating well. So go to greenchef.com slash bad130 and use the code bad130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. So that is greenchef.com slash bad130 and the code is bad130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Okay, next. This story takes place the night I got married. My husband and I were both virgins when we got married, so I especially did not know exactly how sex all works. Well, when we got to our hotel room, which was themed Romeo and Juliet and had a huge jacuzzi tub and a winding staircase, (laughs) sounds amazing actually, my husband suggested that we take a bath. So we get in the tub and our private parts start doing things under water. (laughs) I don't know why she phrased it like that. Our private parts start doing things underwater. It sounds like they're like playing rock, paper, scissors, Uh, but we get the gist. After a while, he then suggests to go upstairs to the bedroom. So we get out of the tub and head up the stairs. As we're heading up the stairs, my vagina starts squirting water with every step I take. It literally sounded like a dog toy squeaking. He kept asking, what is that sound? Me being the newly non-virgin, thanks to the tub action, does not respond because how am I supposed to tell him it's just my vagina squirting? (laughs) We proceed to do the deed in bed and throughout the entire remaining seven minutes, my vagina continued to make the squeaky noise. So embarrassing and awkward, but nine years later, we are still married and happy as ever. Listen, if we didn't know about the tub thing, the majority of people would say that that's actually a good thing. Um, But with this story, I don't really have any feedback except that it's just very normal. Like it's just, that's just like a thing that happens. Like you have a pocket of air in your body and when you're getting water shoved into it, water is going to come out. Not only is this totally normal, I think it's totally normal 
to not think it's normal. You know what I mean? Because I feel like if I look back on things that scarred me about like puberty and learning about my body, it's when boys in like junior high learned what the word queef was. And then they made fun of every girl they ever saw and like called her names and like used the word queef. And then when you get older and you start having sex and it's actually just a normal bodily function, but you still have it ingrained in your brain that it should be just like horribly embarrassing. Middle school boys, man, if you are an owner of a middle school boy, <laughs> because parent would be a better, a better term for that. Uh, let's, can we talk to them about vaginas? Like, can you have them carry around tampons for their girl classmates? I feel like mothers of sons, especially teenage sons, like you have more power than, you know, to like teach your son about vaginas. And so he doesn't scar women permanently because queefing is normal. Is it a funny word? Yes. (laughs) Is it a normal body function? Also? Yes. Okay. Let's go on. She says, this happened to me yesterday. My boyfriend's dog got my pad out of the trash ate all the bloody parts, then left the rest of the pad out in the open, stuck to the carpet for everyone to see. I mean, at this point, you might as well just like free bleed all over the couch because in regards to your dignity, not much left, not much left. I will say uh, you're not alone because I got a lot of submissions for this episode and this exact scenario, like, I mean, not exactly, but like dogs getting into the trash, pulling your tampons out or like throwing up a tampon or whatever. uh, It happened I probably got like 15, probably like 15 of them, which feels like a lot. (laughs) It feels like a very specific situation to happen like so often, you know? Okay, next. After three miserable hours of pushing out my baby and the disgusting placenta to follow. Okay, I'm so sorry because this story is really funny, but I want to take a pause here to talk about placentas. (laughs) Because first of all, I didn't know about placentas till I was like 23. Like I was far too old before I learned about what a placenta was. And then I learned that some people eat their placenta. Some people's husbands eat their placenta. I don't know how like the preferred method is. Like, I don't know if they marinate it and then like smoke it on the Traeger. But um, a lot of people consume their placenta. A lot of people, I know some people dry them out and then crush them up and put them in little pills. It's also in a lot of skincare and hair care. Not only is there placenta in a lot of skincare and hair care, there is a specific skincare product. I learned this when I was in a study, or no, it was in my first spa job that I learned this. There is a, there's a skincare product. It's called TNS Essential Serum by Skin Medica. Uh, it is made from foreskin. Not kidding. They literally like hired a baby during his circumcision and they collected his foreskin and they've been using that as the growth factor for this serum. So in case you're wondering what the secret is to celebrity skin, uh, it's probably wieners, probably wieners. Okay. Uh, let's continue with the story. Your tangent. Okay. So yeah, she had the baby, the placenta. I had torn a bit and my doctor needed to sew me up. I was super out of it and still numbed up from the epidural. As my doctor's face is directly staring into my carnage crevices, I hear the most ungodly fart my ears have ever beheld. I look over at my husband in disbelief that he would let one rip like that in front of everyone. But to my surprise, his face was the most shook I had ever seen him staring right back at me. Then I realized I had let that one rip right in my doctor's face. (laughs) Hadn't felt a damn thing being all numbed up. I was mortified at the time, but now it's one of my most proud stories because I ended up hating that doctor. All right. Well, enough said there. I mean, if you hate your doctor, I'm fully, fully on board with this type of revenge. Like nobody gets hurt. 
You're just ripping ass right in his face. I mean, he'll recover. It's fine. I picture his hair just like gently blowing in the wind <laughs> when you did that. Okay, next. She says, I went in for my first pap smear ever around age 18. And while the doctor had her latex gloves on and her hand way up in there, I started getting a ton of pain. Then I hear the horrifying words from my doctor. Oh no, my hand is stuck. She had to call in a nurse to help her pull her hand out. It was the worst pain ever. Turns out I'm allergic to latex and certain dyes. So my body had started to swell as soon as she put her hand up there. As far as things that could have gotten stuck up there that were possibly covered in latex, the doctor's hand uh, seems like the best option because it could have been a lot worse. (laughs) Okay, next she says, OMG, it's my time to shine. I get the worst period. She used one, two, three, four, five, six O's in that worst periods. So I decided to get an IUD to stop getting periods altogether. I was extremely anxious before my appointment and I am a big believer in aromatherapy. We'll get to why this matters shortly. I'd like to use this platform to say we should do anesthesia when doing IUDs like men get anesthesia for colonoscopies. And I promise you this hurts more than having anything up my butt ever has. (laughs) Regardless, I'm going to my appointment and I'm a little loopy. The doctor asks if I'm ready. And I said, yeah, I brought this. And I pointed to my lavender air freshener, which I was using to ground myself. She looked puzzled and said, I'm sure whatever's going on here is normal. So I got the IUD. I threw up. It was awful. On my way home, it dawned on me that this woman thought I brought an air freshener because I had a stank coochie. I was mortified. I have been mortified ever since. I changed doctors. Like, She for real thought that I brought a car air freshener to mask my vagina smell. I do think you're onto something here. Like I I get it and that's not what its purpose was. But while listening to this, I thought, why do we not have scented undies? Like I know that the smell of a vagina is nothing to be ashamed of. Like it does have a scent and it's normal and healthy and all of that. But like, why not? Like, why not just like lightly scent them? Nothing that's going to give us like UTIs or yeast infections because... Uh, those run rampant when you put scent down there. But I feel like if we can scent pads, then we should be able to scent undies. You know, nobody copy me. I'm I'm going to trademark the idea. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Jenny Kane. Okay, you guys all know how I dress. You've seen, you've seen it. I don't like anything uncomfortable. I don't want anything tight. I don't want anything restricting. I want cozy. I want high quality and I want basics. And that is quite literally how I would describe the clothes from Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane just takes the guesswork out of styling and getting dressed. Everything's super luxurious, but it's really comfortable. And they're all like basic essentials that you're going to keep forever. I have the cocoon cardigan in brown. If you want to get it and be twins, I think that'd be fun. It is their best selling sweater style and you can pair it with any outfit. So I usually just do like jeans, boots, tank top, throw the sweater on on top. It's a relaxed fit, which I love. I don't want anything tight. I don't want anything constricting. It's soft. It's cozy right up my alley. Jenny Kane is curated stylish staples that work with everything in your closet 
And it just like elevates your wardrobe. It's very California cool, very effortless. And the pieces, you're going to keep them forever. They also have a Jenny Kane rewards program. So you can get exclusive perks like birthday surprises and early access. And you can also earn up to 10% back on all your purchases. If you join today, you'll actually get 100 points. So you can find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com. You can also get 15% off of your first order when you use my code BAD at checkout. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code BAD. Okay, next. She says, before I got married, I went in for my first pap smear. We have got to rename that because pap smear is the most unfortunate name. I had no idea the force that speculum holds while it's holding open my vagina, but that's not the worst part. After the poking and prodding, I got a breast exam. Simple enough. Wrong. She proceeded, and I'm not making this up, to circle her hand around the boob. And when she made it near the nipple, she went boop and poked my nipple with her index finger. My nipple. Self-exams only now. (laughs) So unnecessary. It's so wildly unnecessary. I get it. I feel like she was probably like trying to make it funny, but uh, it's not helping. It's not helping. Just do what needs to be done and get it over with. Just make sure I'm not lumpy and send me on my way. Like I don't need any nipple play during my breast exam. Okay, uh, next up. I was on my period last week and I was at the tail end of bleeding. So I went to the bathroom at the end of the day and I had a sensation that I had a tampon in. I didn't remember that I had put one in that morning but this isn't the first time that I forgot something that important. Anyway, I went to inspect, found a string, and pulled out my IUD, then proceeded to stare at my IUD sitting there in my hand, trying to figure out how that happened. It didn't hurt. It sure did going in, so that doesn't make sense. Did I dilate? I'm pretty sure the cervix is one tight sphincter. (laughs) How did I not feel it? Do I have superpowers now? Uh, You you might have superpowers. I'm I'm not quite sure how IUDs work, I told the story in my in the last vagina episode about me trying to get my IUD. If you missed that episode, I'll give you the Sparks notes. Uh, it was unsuccessful. <laughs> it was quite unsuccessful. And I almost had an IUD just stuck in my cervical wall. And it was so, so deeply, deeply painful. Don't let me talk you out of getting an IUD. Okay, everybody's body, everyone's anatomy, everyone's experience is different. It was really painful for me because mine is apparently the Leaning Tower of Pisa inside and I can't get a straight shot to my cervix. Uh, but anyway, pulling out your IUD, yeah, it feels like that would hurt. But like we talked about a few weeks ago, the female anatomy, you know, like it can handle a lot, which is so interesting because we usually use things like balls to describe someone being brave and like tough. Um, I think it was Betty White. I don't know. At least I, I saw a quote from Betty White. I'm sure somebody just put her name on it. She didn't really say it. But uh, how fragile are testicles? You know, like why are we using them as a sign of strength? Uh, we should actually just call people vaginas or, you know, pee bombs. I won't say it because uh, I think people will get mad at me, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we should call people that when they're being like really tough and brave because you can literally get sliced open, shove a baby out there, birth a placenta, go through fertility treatments, get an IUD, have a penis in there, and it just bounces right back. We should all be proud of her, you know? All right, next up. This one is very interesting because I am almost positive it is the only male submission we've ever had on any of these episodes, anything vagina related. So I had to include it, of course. 
He begins. Hi, Maddie. My wife and I love the podcast and listen together every week. About a year after we got married, my wife was having a lot of cramping and pain one day and we decided to go to the ER. The doctors thought it could be an appendicitis, but after ruling that out, they were worried she had an ovarian torsion. Whoa, I don't even know what that word is, torsion, and sent her to have a transvaginal ultrasound to check everything out. Love a man who knows his terminology. They wheel her out to the ultrasound room and her mom and I come along. Once in the room, the ultrasound tech, who was somewhat creepy and probably enjoyed his job too much, gives my wife the little blanket thing and tells her to remove her pants and underwear to do the ultrasound. He leaves the room and my mother-in-law help my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law and I help my wife get ready and unco- and covered. Gosh, sorry. During the ultrasound, my mother-in-law is standing next to my wife holding her hand and I'm more at the foot of the bed with basically a full crotch shot. The tech repeatedly compliments my wife on her uterus, telling her how she has such a good one. My wife remembers him calling it youthful, gag straight to jail, but it is tilted slightly. Hey, same. Finally, he finishes and gives her some towels to clean up from the lube and lets her get dressed. As he leaves the room again, he asks if I can come with him for a second. I follow him out into the hall, assuming he had something to tell me or instructions or something. Nope. He asked me out into the hall because he wanted to give her some privacy. Forgot the fact that I had been there the whole time she undressed and had a full view during the ultrasound. Then he said, are you the boyfriend or her brother? Her brother? I respond, no, I'm her husband. Just super cringe that this dude was being creepy the whole time and then nobly shields my wife from me, not because she asked not to have me in there, but because he thought it was inappropriate for me to see. Not really his choice to make, and I'm really concerned what kind of brother he is. (laughs) I truly, if I were to think of the last person I want in the room during a transvaginal ultrasound, it's a brother. Honestly, even saying that sentence, even saying those two words near each other make me feel sweaty. But the reason I chose this is because it's just a beacon of hope there are men out there who will not be weird about things like transvaginal ultrasounds, not the tech, the husband, obviously. And I just, I have had it pretty much with any man saying anything unflattering about basically anything vaginal. Like if you have a boyfriend who won't, I don't know, like perform certain sexual acts, if you catch my drift, because like he's grossed out by it. Well, first of all, if you're grossed out by it, you might not super be into vaginas, which is totally fine. Uh, but like when people or boyfriends, I guess, comment on like the smell or like if you have some stubble or like if you got a little tiny drop of blood on the toilet seat, spare me. I consider it a very, very crimson red flag if a man has anything negative to say about a period. The only people who get to comment on that are people with periods. The only people who get to comment on vaginas are people with them. Like we can all laugh about this because we all own one and like we know what this feels like. But when men get weird or they like complain about things, red flag, you deserve a man who's going to take care of you, not comment on it. And it's also not like everything that goes on with the male body is super pleasant. You guys have weird fluids. You guys have weird smells. Sounds like I'm getting mad at this husband, but I'm actually like really happy with him. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Truebill. You want to know what really grinds my gears when I sign up for a free trial and I'm like, okay, I can't forget that I need to cancel that. So then I wait two weeks and I obviously forget. And then they just charge my card willy nilly. And all of a sudden I'm signed up for this subscription that I didn't even want in the first place. That also happens with other subscriptions that I do want. They don't even tell me when they're coming up. They just do it. You want to know why? Because it's a scam and they're trying to get our money. Don't let him take it. 
Take control of your subscriptions with Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or maybe you just forgot about them, which is usually my problem. Companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel, so Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Also, you have a Truebill concierge who is there for you when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users. I am proudly one of them and has helped them save over $100 million. I especially love that it tells me when subscriptions are coming up just so I can factor them into my budget. Then I know what's getting taken out of my account. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash bad. Go right now, truebill.com slash bad. It could save you thousands a year. That's truebill.com slash bad. Anyway, I, I want to end this episode with a bad broad list. You guys know that I like to do these lists. I like to make up my own laws, basically. <laughs> and I was thinking a lot about this because I was deep in labia land, reading all about everybody's periods and things. And we've always said, like we as a society, when you get your period, that's when you become a woman. And I decided that I disagree with that because if periods are would make somebody a woman, then what about women who never get their period? Or what about postmenopausal women? They're they're just as much of a woman, you know? So I wanted to make a list of official rites of passage for becoming a woman. Men have all these rites of passages, you know? Rites of passages? Rites of passage? I don't really know what the plural of that is. But like when their voice drops or when they shoot a gun or when they like drink their first beer, like basically my whole list of nightmare activities are what it takes to quote unquote, become a man. But we need to talk more about women's rites of passage, you know? So here is the official bad broad womanhood list. First up, the first step to becoming a woman is the first time you stand up to the guy changing your oil and you say, no, I don't want to upgrade. I don't want you to change my air filter. I don't want you to upcharge me $250 just because I'm a woman. That is a true, that's a truly satisfying part of womanhood when you can stick up to the Jiffy Lube guy. Second thing, your first Brazilian wax. This should be just a universal rite of passage for women. I'll tell you, nothing makes you feel tougher and more like a woman than when they rip that strip and you make no noise and you're tougher than any man who has ever been waxed in the history of ever. Have you guys ever seen a man getting his nose waxed? The first time I waxed Matt's nose, he was beside himself. He could not handle it. And I looked him dead in the eye and I said, just imagine that feeling, but on your clitoris, on literally the most sensitive human body part, hot wax on it. And then all of your puebes ripped out. Can you imagine the pain? So your first Brazilian wax, major rite of passage. Another one, when you finally give up underwire bras, a true mark of women who are just done with your shit. We're not doing underwire bras anymore. Underwire bras are for the male gaze, the male gaze as in G-A-Z-E not G-A-Y-S. Another rite of passage, that moment that you have to peel soggy tissue paper out of your bare crack because you sweat through the gyno table lining. You guys know this feeling. I'm sorry this is specific, but I know in my heart that this is universal. Your first pap smear, you go, you strip down, you lay on that weird paper table. I can guarantee you, you're going to sweat through it and you're just going to have to give up your pride because you are guaranteed to spend at least five minutes peeling that soggy tissue paper 
out of your ass crack. That's when you really become a woman. All right, I'm ending this on my most my most inspirational rite of passage for women because this episode is a little bit unhinged, a little bit crass. I'm sorry to all, I'm sorry to my like 45 to 55 year old women who listen. That was an unexpected part of the podcast. I will say I have a very strong listenership of like of that age range and they are by far, no offense, but they're by far my favorite. (laughs) So I'm sorry if this was like slightly more offensive. I'm sorry that I said the word coochie multiple times. Um, But moving along, this is, this is my most important rite of passage and it's one that I'm still working on, but I do feel like I'm getting better at it. That the mark of a true woman is when she stops competing with other women. I know it's hard. I know from firsthand experience that it's extremely hard sometimes. It's hard not to compete with people that are in your same field or career or just your peers. But let me tell you, when I see a woman who is completely secure with herself, who feels no competition, who who knows that other people's success does not take away from hers, that is the kind of woman that I want to be. So when you feel yourself comparing yourself to others or competing with women around you, Just remember that at our very core, we're all just women who have been to the gynecologist, who have been half naked on a table with a speculum inside of us, wishing for the sweet release of death. We're all much more similar than we think. We all have so many of the same insecurities and the same embarrassing moments. And if you don't believe me, you can read through my inbox because I have story after story of women who probably come from different places and have different backgrounds, but experience the exact same embarrassment. You know how many of you have bled on your boyfriend's crotch? A lot of you. A lot of you. You can probably bond with each other over that instead of competing with each other. (laughs) So if I can leave you with one thing, it would be that. Stop competing. Start embracing. And please, for the love of everything holy, please do not try and give yourself a Brazilian wax on your bathroom floor. Okay, I'm, I'm hopping off here. I'm signing off. I have to go try and sleep through the anxiety of preparing for my live set. And I love you all more than you even know. I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you. So please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind the scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.